Amen. All right, well, we're there in Luke chapter number 14, and I'd like you to look down at verse number 27, Luke chapter 14 and verse number 27, Luke 14 and verse 27. The Bible says this, and whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. We've been going through this series on Sunday mornings called Accelerate Your Growth, and we've been talking about things that we can do to, to grow. And the first two sermons were pretty basic in the sense that we talked about salvation, being born again. Of course, you've got to be saved. You've got to get born before you can begin to grow. We talked about what that means and how salvation is just a starting point. It's not that we get saved and that's the end game, but that's just the beginning. Uh, last week, we talked about baptism and how we all must take that first step of baptism in our walks with God. Today, I want to talk to you about this idea of developing daily disciplines, developing daily disciplines or developing a daily devotional time. And I want you to notice in verse 27, the last part of the verse says, cannot be my disciple. That is the goal. The goal is that you and I would be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, That meaning we would follow the Lord, we would follow in His footsteps, that we would become followers of Christ. And what that means is, and what that's called, is to be a disciple of Christ. And what I want you to understand is that the word disciple comes from this idea of discipline. Uh, developing disciplines in our life is what causes us to become a disciple. And the word discipline is basically putting off what you want to do for what you should do. Putting off what you want to do uh, so that you can do the things that you know you should do. And we have to develop disciplines in, in all sorts of things when it comes to our eating habits, when it comes to our financial habits, when it comes to well, you know, our work ethic, whatever it might be. We all have something we want to do and we know what we should do. And living a disciplined life is when you are able to come to the place where you put off what you want to do in order to do that which you should do. And whether it's your health or whether it's your finances, whether it's your work or whether it's your spiritual life, the only way to succeed is to develop discipline in our lives. And by the way, the only way to become a disciple is to live a disciplined life. That's where the word disciple comes from. And you say, well, how do you develop discipline? It comes with this idea of denying self or dying to self. Look down at verse 27 again. Notice what Jesus said. And whosoever doth not bear his cross. The idea there is of putting putting self to death. Paul said, I die daily, waking up every day and saying, it's not my will that we will be done today. It's not what I want done today. I put myself on the cross and I'm going to go after and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. See, to develop discipline, you must learn how to deny self. To develop, uh, to be a disciple, you have to develop discipline. To develop discipline, you have to learn how to deny yourself. You're there in Luke 14. Flip back a few pages to Luke chapter 9 and look at verse number 23. Now do me a favor, when you get to the book of Luke, uh, uh, when you get to Luke 9 there, uh, just put a ribbon or a bookmark or uh, your bulletin or something there in Luke because we're going to leave it and we're going to come back to it. So I want you to be able to get to Luke uh, fairly quickly. Luke chapter 9 and look at verse number 23. Notice what the Bible says here about discipline or what Jesus taught in regards to this idea of discipline. Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. The Bible says this, and he said to them all, if any man will come after me, again, the idea of becoming a follower of Christ, following Jesus with your life, if any man will come after me, notice what he says, let him deny himself 
Let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. See, in order to be a disciple, you have to live a disciplined life. In order to live a disciplined life, you have to learn how to deny yourself, deny the things you want to do, deny the things that you want to do in order to accomplish the things that you should do. And I want you to notice one more word in verse 23 there. I want you to notice this word daily. Luke 9, 23, and he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And again, this idea of discipline, it only works, discipline only works if you do it daily. If you're trying to eat healthy and you eat healthy one day out of the month and all the other months you're eating junk food, you're not going to be healthy, right? It's something that has to be done on a regular basis, something that has to be done on a daily basis. You've got to watch your spending every day if you're going to save money, if you're going to get out of debt, if you're going to be disciplined with your finances. And when it comes to your spiritual life, you must develop daily disciplines. You must develop a daily devotional time. Now keep your place there in Luke. We're going to come back to it. But go with me to the book of First Peter, towards the end of the New Testament. If you start at the end and head backwards, you start at the book of Revelation and go back. You go past the book of Jude, past Third, Second, and First John, into the books of Second uh, uh, Peter. I'm sorry, I want you in 1 Peter, so go past 2 Peter in 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, and I want you to notice verse number 2. And let me, let me start off by saying this. I want to just give you two. There are two things. You must discipline yourself. If you're going to grow as a Christian, you must discipline yourself to do two things every day. There's two things, and there's more things that we could do daily, and, 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 and the Bible teaches more things. But I'm talking about growing as a Christian. There are two things you must discipline yourself to do every day, whether you want to or not, whether you feel like it or not. You must learn to put off what you want to do in order to do what you should do. And the first one is that you must discipline yourself to read the Bible every day. You must discipline yourself to read the Bible every day. And here's what you need to understand. The Bible, in the Bible, God, God in the Bible, God tells us about His Word, about the Bible. He, he speaks of it in an idea like it's spiritual food. See, the Bible nourishes you spiritually in the same way that food nourishes you physically. 1 Peter chapter 2, and look at verse number 2. Notice what the Bible says. 1 Peter 2, 2. As newborn babes... As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. Notice, that ye may grow thereby. The Bible says that when you, a newborn babe, because remember, when you got saved, you got born again into the family of God. They desire the sincere milk of the word. Why? That ye may grow thereby. That's how you grow as a Christian, is by the sincere milk of the word. Notice verse 3. If so be, ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. And see, in the Bible, it gives us this idea that the Word of God nourishes you spiritually in the same way that food nourishes you physically. Uh, go, go back to the book of Luke, Luke chapter number 4. Luke chapter 4. And here's what you need to understand. We eat every day. And you need to eat every day. And, 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 and the only way to stay healthy and strong is to eat Healthy food, a balanced diet every day. And in the same way, spiritually, you must feed yourself from the Word of God every day. And you know, one of the symptoms of, of, of there's being something wrong in your health is when you, people lose their appetite. When people don't want to eat, you know, if you have a child, we've had uh, our children, uh, if, if my children are anything like your children, my children are in a constant state of eating. Are your children like that? I mean, they eat all day long. 
They don't, you know, they don't have like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They have like, you know, the pre-breakfast meal, the breakfast. They, they give themselves brunch, you know. My wife, I mean, sometimes we have to feed them just to, my wife's cooking lunch or dinner, and it's like they, they're going to starve to death. You know, they're eating, you know, all day long, and children are like that. Why, why do they eat so much? Because they're growing. They're growing. Their bodies are growing, so they need, you know, that energy. They need that food to nourish them. But, you know, we always know our children are getting ready to get sick when they lose their appetite. You know, it's like, why aren't you eating? You're always eating. There's never a moment when you're not eating. You know, and when they're not eating or they're not hungry. And in the same way, in your Christian life, there's a problem if you're not desiring the Word of God. And, and, and there's a problem if you're not taking in the Word of God. You must eat. Whether you feel like it or not, you've got to eat to nourish your body, to keep you healthy. And in the same way, the Word of God is likened to food. Spiritually, nourishing yourself, nourishing your, your body. Luke chapter 4, look at verse 4. Luke chapter 4 and verse 4. The Bible says, And Jesus answered him, saying, Luke 4, 4, It is written, That man shall not live by bread alone, but... By every word of God. See, it is the, we, we are nourished not just by bread physically, but we are nourished by the spiritual bread, which is the word of God. On Wednesday night, we were talking about the meat offering and how that bread, that cake, uh, was a picture of the word of God, which is Jesus Christ. But of course, it's also the word that we hold in our hands, the Bible. We need the word every day. Uh, go with me to the book of, of Job. Keep your place in Luke, uh, but go with me to the book of Job. If you start in the center of your Bible... In the center of your Bible, you'll find the book of Psalms. If you go one book back, you'll be in the book of Job, Job 23 and verse number 12. Job 23 and verse number 12. Now, let me say this. I think you have your place in Luke. Keep your place in Luke, but also keep your place in Job. All right. So you should have uh, marked two places in your Bible, Luke, and then put a ribbon or a bookmark or something in Job uh, so that we can move quickly this morning. Job 23, and look at verse number 12. Job 23 and verse 12. Notice what the Bible says. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. Notice what the Bible says. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. See, he says, hey, the word of God, the words that come from God, I've esteemed them more. They're more necessary. They're more important for the nourishment. I, I, he says, if I have to choose between eating physically and eating spiritually, it's more necessary to feed yourself spiritually. Because in the Bible, the Bible teaches this idea that the Bible nourishes you spiritually like food nourishes you uh, physically. Go to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 15. You're there in Job. All right, keep your place in Job. Remember, you got Luke and Job, but from Job go Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah. The two, those two major big books of the uh, towards the end of the Old Testament. You got Isaiah, Jeremiah, small, small book Lamentations, Ezekiel. Find the book of Jeremiah right after Isaiah, Jeremiah 15, and look at verse number 16. Jeremiah 15 and verse number 16. Jeremiah 15 and verse 16. Notice what the Bible says. Jeremiah 15, 16. Thy words, thy words were found, and I did eat them. He said, thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart, for I am called by thy name, O Lord, God of hosts. But I want you to notice the emphasis where Job said, 
that it was, he esteemed them more than his necessary food. Where Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Here Jeremiah says, thy words were found, and I did eat them. He said, I, I, I consumed them. They, they nourished me. If you kept your place in Luke, you ought to have your place in Job and Luke. If you kept your place in Luke, go back to Luke. But I don't need you in Luke. I need you in the book of, of Acts. So go Luke, John, Acts. Acts chapter number 17. See, the Bible nourishes you spiritually every day. And here's what happens. The same thing that happens to an individual who does not eat physically, they grow weak. And if you go long enough without eating, you know what eventually happens? You die. And in the same way, spiritually, when you don't eat and feed yourself regularly every day, you become a weak, anemic Christian and eventually... Your Christian life may even die. And I'm not talking about losing your salvation, but the Bible does tell us that faith without works is dead, not meaning that you need works in order to be saved, but your salvation will profit no one. Your faith will do nothing if it's not alive. Acts 17, look at verse number 11. Acts 17 and verse number 11. And I'm not going to preach very long this morning. I don't think this concept is too difficult for you to understand, but I want to challenge you with it. Acts 17 and verse 11 The Bible says this, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica. It's talking about the church and the the, the believers in Berea. In that they received the word with all readiness of mind. Now notice these people were in church. They got fed the word of God through the preaching. The Bible says that they received the word with all readiness of mind. And I'm glad you're in church this morning. And I would encourage you to be back tonight at 6 p.m. And I would encourage you to be back uh, on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Because whenever you are in church and you receive the Word, you are being nourished through the Word. The Word is helping you. And you ought to come to church and have someone preach the Bible to you and help you grow in that way. But listen to me very carefully. You cannot survive off being fed from church only. Especially if you only come to church, I mean, I get it, I would understand if you came to church like every day, but if you only come to church once a week and that's the only time the Bible is ever dished out to you, try that in your physical life. Try eating only on Sunday mornings and see how far you make it. See how long you last. See how much you accomplish. Try eating only on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night. See how well things go for you at work or how well go, uh, things go for you in your school time. You've got to eat every day. Now, it's nice every once in a while. I hope some of you this afternoon go out to a nice restaurant and have someone make up a nice meal for you. Maybe something different that you wouldn't cook for yourself at home. That's kind of what church is. You come here and you allow me to feed you a meal. I prepare a meal and I give you something that maybe you wouldn't do, uh, give yourself at home, right? Uh, You come here and I force you to eat your carrots and I force you to eat your broccoli and I force you to eat all those things that you don't want to eat because at home you're, you know, you're you're reading, you know, just the book of Psalms or something. And don't don't misunderstand me. Psalms is great and Proverbs is great. But sometimes you need Leviticus, right? You know, the the Gospels are great, but sometimes you need uh, Deuteronomy and sometimes you need other passages. And look, it's good to have someone prepare a meal for you, but you also have to learn to feed yourself at home. You have to learn to eat at home. You must, and look, these people were in the house of God. Notice verse 11. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind. But notice that wasn't it. And, and search the scriptures. Notice, daily. Search the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. See, you must develop a habit of daily Bible reading. 
It's the only way to grow. It's the only way to nourish yourself. It's the only way for you to be nourished in the Word of God. Go with me to the book of Deuteronomy. We were in Acts 17. Let's go to Deuteronomy 17. You're in Acts 17. Let's go to Deuteronomy 17. Towards the beginning of the, New, of the Old Testament, you got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Fifth book in the Bible, Deuteronomy 17. Look at verse number 18. You must discipline yourself to read the Bible every day. And I don't, don't, please don't raise your hand and don't answer out loud, but I want you to ask yourself this question. How consistent is your Bible reading? I mean, how consistent was your Bible reading this week? How consistent has your Bible reading been, you know, the, the last month? Because here, I, I, I'm going to take a guess. I'm going to take a guess and I, I, I'm, I'm going to assume that there's nobody, that there's nobody in this room that would say, I was so busy this week. Pastor, you do not understand. I was so busy this week. I did not have time. In fact, I completely forgot about eating all week long. I just didn't eat all week long. Who's ever had a week like that? You're just so busy. You didn't eat. And it's not that you didn't want to, it's just you forgot, you just completely forgot about it. I mean, never even crossed your mind. I haven't had lunch today. I haven't had dinner today. I've gone three or four days without eating. Look, that doesn't happen. You know why? Because we make a priority of eating, don't we? No matter how busy we are, we make sure we find time to feed ourselves. But yet Christians will go days and weeks and say, I'm so busy, I just don't have time to read the Bible. And your spiritual you is weak and sick, and anemic, because you haven't taken the time to feed yourself spiritually. God says you need to eat spiritually every day. Search the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. Deuteronomy 17, look at verse 18. Deuteronomy 17 and verse 18. The Bible says this, and it shall be when he... Now, just for sake of context, the he there is referring to the king. These are instructions that are given to the king of Israel in the Old Testament. But I want to remind you that in Revelation chapter 1, we are told that when you got saved, you and I became kings and priests unto God and his father. So these scriptures about kings in the Bible uh, apply to you and I as royalty being born into, if you were born into, you were born again into the family of God and who's the king. And you're a king. You're a priest, so these things apply to you. Notice Deuteronomy 17, 18. And it shall be when he, the king, sitteth upon the throne of his kingdom, that he shall write him a copy of this law in a book out of that which is before the priest, uh, uh, the priest, the Levites. Notice verse 19. And it shall be with him. And he shall read therein, notice this, all the days of his life. God commands you to read every day. God commands you to have a Bible with you every day and read it every day that he may learn to fear the Lord as God, to keep all the words of this law and these statutes to do them. See, in your spiritual life, if you're going to grow, if you're going to grow, you're going to have to develop a discipline and discipline yourself to spend devotional time with God through Bible reading every day. So again, don't answer out loud. Don't raise your hand. But how's your Bible reading? Do you, sp- do you take time to read every day? Do you take time to get alone with God every day, with the Word of God, with the Holy Spirit, and say, I'm going to feed myself, I'm going to nourish myself spiritually. See, you must discipline yourself to read the Bible every day. But there's another thing. If you kept your place in Luke, I'd like you to go back to Luke. Look, look at Luke chapter number 11. Luke chapter number 11. This sermon has two points. I've got an introduction, two points, and a conclusion. We're on point number two, all right? We're halfway through. 
I don't think we'll be very long. Luke chapter number 11. Not only must you discipline yourself to read the Bible every day, but you know you must also discipline yourself to pray every day. You must discipline yourself to pray every day. And I understand that this sermon is not complicated, it's not complex, but it's something we need to be challenged with from time to time. The, usually our, it's the simple things that we can't get a hold of. And it's simple to say, read your Bible every day, pray every day. But you know, you must discipline yourself to read every day. You must discipline yourself to pray every day. Are you there in Luke 11? Why don't you notice verse 1? In Luke 11 and verse 1, the Bible says this, And it came to pass that as he, now the he there is Jesus, as he was praying, Jesus took time out of his schedule to pray in a certain place. When he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, now they watched Jesus pray, and then the disciples, they asked this, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray, as John also taught, his disciples. So they, Jesus gets done praying. They watch Jesus pray. They say, wow, I don't pray like that. I don't know how to pray like that. And they, they ask this question, Lord, teach us to pray. Notice verse 2. And he said unto them, when ye pray. And of course, this is the famous uh, passage known as the Lord's Prayer. And this was not a prayer meant for us to repeat, but it was a pattern given to teach us how to pray, because the question was asked, Lord, teach us to pray, and, and Jesus is going to teach them how to pray. Notice verse 2, and he said unto them, when ye pray, say, he said, here's how you ought to pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. And I want you to notice verse 3, he says this, give us day by day our daily bread. In the passage in Matthew, he says, it's, it's uh, stated, give us this day our daily bread. Now, I want you to understand something. When Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray, one of the things he tells them is when you pray, you ought to pray every day for your sustenance, for your food. He says, pray, give us this day our daily bread, or give us daily our bread. Now, here's what I want you to say. Notice he didn't say, I want you to pray, Lord, give us this day our monthly bread, or our quarterly bread, or our yearly bread. He said, I want you every day to pray for your daily bread. Now, the idea there is this. If God wants you to pray every day for your daily bread, and don't we all eat every day? If God wants you to pray every day for your daily bread, the idea there is that He wants you to pray every day. Do you understand what I'm saying? He says, hey, I want you to pray not once a month, not once a week, not once a year, not on Sunday morning. He said, I want you to pray. You want me to teach you how to pray? Let me tell you how I pray. I pray every day, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. And the connotation there is you ought to be praying every day. And it's interesting that He connects it to food. Because I think it's something that we can all understand. Don't we all, you know, we all get, we all understand hunger, don't we? And uh, we all understand, you know, and, 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 and I, if you're anything like me, you know, you start going too long without eating and I start getting a little grumpy, right? And I start getting a little short with people. And I'm not talking about my height. <laughs> and I start getting a little, uh, you know, and, 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 and it's like, hey, I, I, I got to eat, you know, because this isn't going to work out. 
You know, when I'm, when I'm preaching on a Sunday night and, I, and it seems like I'm real upset about something, you may just need to hand me like a Snickers bar or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> it may just be that I've, been, I've gone a while without eating. And, and here's the thing Jesus said. He says, hey, read every day. Read every day like you eat every day. And then he says, and by the way, pray every day like you eat every day. Pray every day for your daily bread. And he's telling you, I want you, there's something I want you to pray for every day. Meaning he wants us to pray every day. You must discipline yourself to pray every day. Since Jesus wants us to ask for something in prayer daily, then he must want us to go to God in prayer daily. Did you keep your place in Job? If you have your place in Job, I'd like you to go to the book of Psalms. So from Job, go to Psalms. Just one book over. From Job, Psalms. Go to Psalm 86 and look at verse number 3. Psalm 86 and verse 3. Psalm 86 and verse 3. So here's a question I have for you. First question was this. And don't answer out loud, please. Don't raise your hand. But the first question was this. How's your Bible reading? Do you read every day? Do you have a time that you've disciplined yourself to read every day? But then here's the next question. How's your prayer time? How's your prayer time? You know what I've noticed is most Christians don't read their Bibles every day. And when you get a real good Christian that has developed a discipline of reading their Bible every day, usually the ones who read their Bible every day don't pray every day. It's very rare that you can find a Christian that has developed the discipline of the combination of daily Bible reading and prayer time. And usually Bible reading comes before prayer time. And I think the reason for that is because when we're reading the Bible, we feel like we're accomplishing something. We feel like we're doing something. And prayer is just completely by faith. You don't, prayer is just something that, you know, there really has to be a God in order for it to work. Otherwise, we're just kind of talking to ourselves like crazy people. Psalm 86, I'd like you to look down at verse number 3. God wants you to pray every day. God wants you to call out to Him every day. Psalm 86 and verse 3, notice what the Bible says. Psalm 86 and verse 3, be merciful unto me. Be merciful unto me, O Lord. Notice what He says. For I cry unto thee daily. Here's a question I have for you. Do you cry unto the Lord daily? Do you cry out to God every day? Calling out to Him, asking Him, for your provision, for your protection, for His favor on your life. Here, the psalmist said, Be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee daily. Go to Psalm, you're sitting there in Psalm 86. Go a couple of psalms over to Psalm 88. Look at verse 9. Psalm 88 and verse number 9. Psalm 88 and verse 9. Notice what the Bible says. Psalm 88 and verse 9. Mine eye mourneth by reason of affliction. Lord, notice what he says, Lord, I have called daily upon thee, I have stretched out my hands unto thee. Is there a time every day when you stretch out your hands to God as a, as a son of God, crying out like Jesus taught, like Paul taught, Abba, Father, crying out to God every day? You know my children ask me for something? Every day. Every day they ask me for something. Every day they ask my wife for something. Multiple times a day they ask us for something. And God says, I want you to be like that. I want you to go to your Heavenly Father every day, crying out to Him. And look, salvation begins with calling upon the name of the Lord, but it doesn't end there. In fact, you know that God wants you to call upon the name of the Lord the rest of your life? Every day? Not for salvation, but to just call upon Him. To cry to Him. For I cry unto thee daily. I have called daily upon thee, is what the Bible says. So here's the question. How's your Bible reading? Do you have time that you set aside to read every day? Do you have time that you set aside to pray every day. Go to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. 
First John 5, if you start at the end of the Bible, book of Revelation, head back. You go past Revelation, past Jude, 3rd, 2nd, and 1st John. 3rd, 2nd, and 1st John. You know why we don't pray? You know why we don't pray? If we're honest, we don't pray because we don't really think it'd work. We don't pray because we don't really think that anything is going to change anything. We, we think when we have a problem, we think it's, there's more likely, the problem is more likely to be fixed. The problem is more likely to be fixed if I go out and do something instead of spend time, waste time on my knees in prayer to God. 1 John 5, are you there? Look at verse 14. 1 John 5, 14. 1 John 5, 14. And this is the confidence. And this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask, that's prayer. Prayer means to ask. That if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. Do you have the confidence that when you pray to God, He hears you? Do you have the confidence that when you go to God, He hears He says, and this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. The Bible says we have not because we ask not. And even, even, even just a minute before this sermon started, I was sitting in this chair, and Brother Graham was, was reading. And I was praying, Lord, I, I pray you'd help me. And Father, I pray you'd help me to do what I cannot do. I pray that your Holy Spirit would minister to the people today and that you would challenge them to develop a daily discipline. I was praying this in my mind as he was reading. And I kept getting distracted because I kept hearing this fan Right over here. Who heard that fan just earlier today? This fan right here. Raise your hand. This group over here. You guys heard that fan? And I said, Lord, please, please help minimize distractions today. And Lord, I don't know what that fan, why that fan's making noise, but if, if you would make that fan stop, I'd appreciate it. Immediately, I'm not joking. I'm not lying to you. I wouldn't lie to you. I mean, I wouldn't lie to you behind the pulpit. Oh, well, I'm not behind the pulpit. <laughs> I wouldn't lie to you up here. Immediately as I prayed, prayed the, fan, the fan turned off. So immediately I prayed to win the lottery. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, but you know, I thought to myself, wow, was that a coincidence? I mean, really, was it a coincidence that I would sit there and say, Lord, would you turn that fan off and the fan goes off? And I just kind of smiled and chuckled to myself and said, you know, we have not because we ask not. Because normally I'd just get frustrated. The, whole, the, the fan would be going off the whole service and I'd just be frustrated. And I'd yell at somebody afterwards, right? Why is that singing fan on? Then I'd go get something to eat and I'd feel better. But I pray, and you know, the fan might be back on tonight. I don't know. I'm just saying, I, I feel like even just in that moment, God was teaching me something about prayer. That God wants us, as His children, to bring every need to Him, no matter how small it is. And say, Lord, would you minimize distractions? Lord, would you speak to your people today? See, if we know that He hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of Him. But you know why we don't pray? Because deep down in our hearts, we don't really think He's listening. We don't really think it works. And we think that we could do better if we just went out and tried to fix it ourselves. Get up on that roof before the service myself and try to turn that fan off. You must discipline your life to read your Bible every day. You must discipline your life to pray every day. Go, go to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. We're almost done. Matthew chapter 6. Let me give you some practical tips for daily devotional life. Some practical tips for, for a daily devotional life. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, I want you to notice verse number 6. The first one is this. Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 6. 
If you haven't developed a, a devotional time or your devotional time is not consistent, I want to just give you some practical tips and you got to write these down. Number one, choose a private place. Choose a private place, preferably a quiet place, to have a daily devotional time. Are you there in Matthew 6? Look at verse 6. Notice what the Bible says about our Lord. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Here Jesus was teaching on the subject of prayer, and he says, hey, when you pray, make sure you've got a certain place. Make sure you've got a quiet place. Make sure you've got a private place. Enter into thy closet to pray. You're there uh, in Matthew. Go to, go to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 1. Matthew, Mark. Next book over. Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. Look at verse 35. Matthew, Mark. Mark. You say, how do I develop a, a, a devotional time? Choose a private place. Choose a private place, preferably a quiet place. Choose a private place, preferably a quiet place. Jesus said, enter into thy closet. Mark 1.35 says this, And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into, notice, a solitary place. And there prayed. This is Jesus, his devotional time. He had a specific place, a closet. He went out, a solitary place, where he would go out and play and pray. Keep your place there. Mark one thirty-five. We're going to come right back to it. Go to Luke chapter eleven. We're just there. Go back to Luke chapter eleven. Look at verse one. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke chapter eleven. Luke chapter eleven. Look at verse one. We're going to go back to Mark one thirty-five in a minute. But go to Luke eleven. Look at verse one. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke chapter 11, Luke, Luke, Luke verse 1. And it came to pass, remember? Because they asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. But before he sa- they said, Lord, teach us to pray, they observed him praying, and notice what it says. And it came to pass that as he, that's Jesus, was praying, notice, in a certain place. Not just any place, but in a certain place. And I would encourage you that if you want to develop a devotional time, if you want to develop a place of daily Bible reading, of daily prayer time, you must choose a private place, preferably a quiet place, a certain place where you will pray and read every day. But there's another tip. Tip number two. Go, go back to Mark 135. Not only must you choose a private place, preferably a quiet place, but you must also choose a specific time. You must choose a specific time. You must choose a private place, you must choose a specific time, preferably the first thing in the morning. Preferably the first thing in the morning. Notice Mark 135. Notice Jesus' devotional time. And in the morning, and in the morning, rising up a great while before the day, he went out and departed into a solitary place. And they're praying. Notice before the busyness of life. Before life got busy and he started working on his to-do list and he got to work and he started doing all that, he, he made it a priority. Does not the Bible say, did not Jesus say, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you? That's why we give the Lord uh, the, the entire day, Sunday morning and Sunday night, we give it to God. Why? Because it's the first day of the week. But you know what? You ought to give. That's why we give the Lord the first 10% of our, of our income. We return it back to God because we ought to seek him first in all things. But you know what? Your day, you ought to endeavor, you ought to discipline to give the first part of your day to God every day. It may mean, you have to get, it may mean that you have to get up a little early. But you ought to endeavor to give that time. You, you say, how do I develop a, 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 a devotional time? Choose a private place. Choose a specific time. Let me give you one more. Choose helpful tools. Choose helpful tools. 
You know, you, if you don't have one, you ought to get a Bible reading chart. We've got some here. We can give them to you. I'm sure we've got some laying around. Maybe for prayer, you need to develop a prayer list. But I'd encourage you to get tools to help you. Let me give you one more. Use your time wisely. Use your time wisely. You know, Jesus said this about prayer. Or, or I'm sorry, not Jesus. The Apostle Paul wrote this about prayer. He said, he tells us to, to, to pray. Uh, he said, pray without ceasing. Meaning, he wants you to pray all day long, every day. You know, every day we ought to be in an in a, in a, in a, in a, uh, attitude of prayer to God. Now, I do believe that it is beneficial to have a time set aside, a place set aside, maybe when we get on our knees and we pray. But you know, you could be praying all day long, every day. And I'd encourage you to use your time wisely. Maybe you have a commute. Maybe you, drive, you know you're going to be in your car every Monday through Friday for 30 minutes or 40 minutes, you know, on the way to work and on the way back. Something I used to do, I used to, when I, I, I lived here in Sacramento and I was stationed at Travis Air Force Base in uh, Vacaville, Fairfield, and I'd drive 45 minutes to work every day. And I, would, I just determined those 45 minutes on my drive to work, I would spend those 45 minutes praying, praying for my wife, praying for my children, praying for my friends and my my family, and I wouldn't use the 45 minutes on the way back because I just felt, you know, after work I was tired and I was kind of distracted, but the, the 45 minutes going there, maybe you could do that. You know, some of you exercise on a treadmill. You uh, run on a treadmill or walk on a treadmill. You can determine to make that your prayer time. You, uh, and if you're walking on a treadmill, you may even be able to read on your treadmill. You know, some of you mothers, especially those of you with large families, you know, you, you may, you moms probably spend a, a lot of time of your day, you know, folding laundry, right? C- cleaning, drying, and then you spend time folding it. You can determine to spend that time folding laundry as prayer time every day. I'm just saying, use your time wisely when you're walking the dog, when you, whatever it is that you're doing, that you could be focused, you know, your, your hands are moving or your feet are moving, but your mind doesn't necessarily have to be focused on something. You could spend that time in prayer to God. I'm just telling you, we must learn to make Bible reading and prayer time a priority in our lives. So you must choose a time and choose a place and use tools and use your time wisely. Go, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians. We're going to look at three more passages. Two in 2 Corinthians, one in 1 Corinthians, and we'll be done. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Look at verse 16. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16. For which cause we faint not. For which cause we faint not. He's about, he's about to tell us why Paul did not faint. You know what it means to faint? You know when you faint? You know, people usually faint what? When, they're, when they, they're, there's something wrong with their health, right? They're, they're, if, you know, sometimes people will faint after, after a long fast. Why? Because they haven't ate. They're weak. I think Brother Stuckey said this in a sermon recently, and I agree with it wholeheartedly. You know, Christians who make it. Christians who, who live the Christian life, who don't just, you know, it's not just a phase for them. They, they, they're in it for the long haul, year after year, decade after decade. If you want to know the reason that people do not faint in the Christian life, it's the Christians who learn to develop a devotional time where they read the Bible and pray every day. And no, notice what the Apostle Paul is going to tell us. He says, for which cause we faint not? He said, let me tell you why I don't faint. Let me tell you why I don't quit. 
Let me tell you why I don't give up. Let me tell you why I can do it every day, why I can do ministry every day, why I can serve God every day. He says, for which cause we faint not. But though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed, notice, day by day. He says, my inward man is not renewed every Sunday morning. My inward man is renewed every day. He said, every day I spend time with God. Every day I read the Bible. Every day I pray. So that's why I don't faint. That's why I don't quit. That's why I can, I, I can do what I do. He says, I do it. Why? Because my inward man is renewed day by day. You know that you need, to divide, you need a day by day renewal. Or you're not going to make it. You need to spend time with God every day. Or you're not going to make it. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. You're there in chapter 4. Look at chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Look at verse number 16. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 16. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said. Notice what God said. As God hath said. Don't you think it's important? If God says something, you think that's important? Notice what he says. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. You know that God's desire is to walk with you every day? You know that God desires to fellowship with you every day? Here he says, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. You know the goal, the goal that God has is to fellowship with you every day. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I heard a story recently. I believe it's a true story. It's about a famous actor who was at his, the height of his fame in the 1970s. In the 70s. His name was, let me read you his name. Some of you may have heard of him. His name was Telly Savalas. Telly Savalas. Famous, famous actor in the 70s. He was a Greek man. And he was on his way home, the story goes. On his way home to his homeland of Greece on a plane sitting in first class. He was on his way home for some rest and relaxation. And as he was on the flight, there was a man sitting next to him. And the man leaned over and said, Mr. Savalas, I know you probably get this a lot, but I'm a Greek man, and you're Greek, and I appreciate everything you've done to promote and the way you represent our nation to the world. And I was wondering if I could talk with you for a few minutes. And the story goes that Telly Savalas didn't even look at the man. He said, you know... The reason I'm on this trip is because I need some rest and relaxation, and actually I'm trying to get away from the media, and I'm trying to get away from the reporters, and I'm trying to get away from all the questions, and I, I'd just rather not be bothered. And the man said, I, I understand. And he kind of went on and just sat there quietly. And of course, the, the flight to Greece is a long one, and several hours had passed, and the man noticed that Telly Savalos was not doing anything. He wasn't reading, he wasn't eating, he wasn't sleeping, he was just sitting there. And he said, Mr. Savalas, I, I, I don't mean to bother you, but I, I notice you're not doing anything, and uh, I, you, you're one of my favorite actors, and, and I appreciate everything you've done for the nation of Greece, and I was hoping I could be able to talk with you a little bit. And the story goes that Mr. Savalas kind of rudely said to the man, I, I told you I didn't want to talk, and I don't want to be bothered. And the man said, you're, you're right, you, you did tell me that, I'm sorry. And he sat there quietly for the rest of the trip. Hours later, when the plane landed in Athens, Mr. Savalos looked out the window and he saw 
cameras and reporters and all sorts of people gathered there uh, waiting for the plane to come in. And he began to curse his agent. And he said, I, I told him I wanted privacy. I told him I didn't want anybody to know that I was coming back home. And at that moment, two military men armed with rifles boarded the plane. And they said, we need everybody to stay seated and we need everybody to stay calm. Everything is okay. We're just here to escort the king of Greece off the plane. At that moment, the man sitting next to Telly Savalas began to fix his tie. And he stood up and put his coat on. And he was escorted off the plane and he met with the media and he met with the different people there. And you know, you wonder what Telly Savalas must have felt like to have the king of his nation sitting next to him. Not once, but twice, asking to have a conversation with him, but he was too bothered, too busy, too tired, too distracted to want to talk to him. And you know, in your life and in my life, we are on this flight called life. And the king, not of Greece or of the United States, but of the universe, is sitting next to us. And he's often desiring to spend some time with you. And often, I believe, the Holy Spirit leans over and says, I don't mean to bother you, but I'd like to talk to you for a little bit. I wonder how often you and I are too tired, or too bothered, or too distracted to speak with the King of the universe. See, if we understood the wonderful privilege we had, if we understood the millions of people that gave their lives to give us a Bible, the millions of people who wish they could have had a Bible, if we understood the privilege we had to open this Bible every day and have the King of the universe speak to us through His Word. If you and I understood the privilege that it was to get on our knees, like the book of Hebrews says, to enter boldly into the throne of grace and to communicate with the Creator of the universe every day, I think we would take the time to develop the discipline. But I wonder, like Mr. Savalas, how often we just don't know who it is that desires to fellowship with us. So I want to encourage you this morning to develop a daily devotional time with God. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word. Lord, I pray you'd help us to realize it is a privilege to come to you in prayer. It is a privilege to open your word and to have the God of the universe speak to us through his word. And Father, I pray that you would help us when the Holy Spirit leans over and says, I'm sorry to bother you. I'd just like to talk to you for a little bit. That we would not be too tired, that we'd not be too distracted, that we'd not be too bothered. Lord, I pray you'd help us to develop a daily discipline, to discipline our lives every day, to pray, to read the Bible, to seek God. We love you, Lord. In your precious name I pray. Amen.